0: It's four fifty. <laughs> it, it's been like that since this morning, even when I went to work. Like Wait, your hiccups. Me, yeah, it started off with me having acid reflexes and then turned into hiccups. Okay,
1: well, speaking of cams, hiccups. Hello, and welcome to the we Weekender, a D and D podcast. I'm your dungeon master, Brandon Tharp, and I am joined by
0: the hiccup, hiccuping <laughs> Tack McNuckles, aka Cameron Ford.
2: Uh, Greg Brown playing Nomo. Ian France
3: it. playing Pete Asher.
1: Pete Asher with a big ass hammer. And last time on, uh, And last time on our adventure, our heroes, well, I we don't want to really say heroes anymore. Our adventurers, uh, had a very interesting session. Nomo and Tack and Cassius looked into Tack's past to find the history of Tack himself. Turns out, through the history, uh, through the little ritual that Cassie's performed, Tack's parents never were initially part of the cult of Vecna. They became a cult. Of, they became a part of the cult of Vecna to make a deal to bring their son Tack back to life. Tack was born. Well, Tack was still born. Died or <clears throat> Tack was still born. Dead on arrival. Out of the womb, dead. Kaput. dead. Nothing. GG, game over. GG, game over. Oh my god.
3: Oh my god. Now I understand why he can't fucking die. <laughs> he keeps getting twenties, and oh my god, it was fate that's to right. begin with. That's Holy shit.
1: I know. That's what I was saying <laughs> outside. So, it turns out they look more in the, the past attack, and they eventually Tack's parents made a deal with a man named Ido, who was a tiefling that's part of the cult of Vecna, to bring Tack back to life as long as his parents swore an oath to the cult. They witnessed the parents swear the oath, go through some part of the ritual with the tattoos and the, losing some fingers, and uh, Tack was then brought back to life. They then saw the image of Tack being dropped off at an orphanage, telling the orphans to not... Let him search for his parents, that they did that. They did not want this kind of life for him. In the meantime, Pate went on his own little journey. He had a little ode to his father. He put his current hammer into the ground, said a little prayer to himself, which his father Luck told him he would find him one day. Eventually, he met up with the guard that was leading around the city. The guard took him and gave him some mithril armor through one of these, uh, through Souls, which is the forgery of Soul Grove. On uh, on top of the mithril armor, he also got a bag of throwing axes for his ventures. But then eventually, Jared, the dwarven uh, blacksmith at Souls, and Iana, a mage elf, brought him to a back room. And they explained that there was a legendary weapon of heroes from the gods that was here in this very building. They said, only the worthy in, in dire need can wield this hammer. Many have tried, but only one has held it before. And that was the original king of Alteran, King king Altairn. <clears throat> king Altairn. Pate grabbed the hammer, had a vision of voices asking him various questions on his purpose and his journey, and eventually the hammer was granted to him as long as he returns it after the war is over and the hammer has been put to good use. Pate agreed. He was burst full of energy. He is so strong now. He's got one of the strongest weapons in the entire country. He went back to the castle with the rest of the group as he walked in. The Mega Man X theme song started playing as he walked through the doors. (laughs) Tak freaked out. He knew it was the hammer. Nomo had no idea what was going on. Cassius and Keldin, or <clears throat> Cassius and Aldine were just in awe from the other power they saw walk through these doors. There was a scroll by an old necromancer named Rakistan who used it to destroy the souls of people, not just them themselves. He would literally destroy the souls of people so they could not be revived back to death or be brought back on any kind of plane whatsoever. Cassius' idea was to get this scroll and use this towards her advantage. The twist is only somebody that has experienced death and had the sacrifice of death and been brought back to life can use this scroll without dying themselves or losing their own soul. Luckily, somebody in the party, Tac McNuckles, has been dead once before, and they just now found out. And that is where we're starting this week's episode. So Cassius has just discussed this scroll of Rakistan. And that is in the Blue River College that was used by an evil necromancer at one point in time, many, many years ago, before the time of Vecna, even. And it is locked away somewhere in the Blue River College, along with the soul of Rakastan.
0: So, does Nemo see this as, like, a giant spoon? (laughs) He got the two forks now. Here comes the giant spoon. What? Talking about My the hammer of souls. Oh, the hammer.
3: <laughs> he would have to, uh, investigate, or whatever he did last time, and get a fucking one.
1: Yeah, and be like, it's a spoon.
3: <laughs> it's a spoon,
2: alright.
1: So, what do, boys? Uh, so, Cassius just explained all this to you guys. Aldine is in an agreement that this is probably one of the best bets to get rid of Cassius soul, and eventually Vecna as well. Um...
2: Well, I mean, I had a want to go, kinda
1: that's for the forge. the forge you guys want to go to the the forge aldeen says to you
2: what, king jason what's your name
1: Aldine. jason Aldine.
2: nailed it nailed the joke <laughs> 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 okay i'm sorry uh
1: yeah god I'm just, uh... why is it <laughs> every time i think of like a cool like name <laughs> or a weapon <laughs> Or like a sit, just anything in general. There's some sort of reference that I did not even mean to make
0: behind it. Oh god, that was a good one. That <laughs> Thank was a good you. One.
3: Subconsciously, I, <laughs> yeah,
1: subconsciously, a meme I mean more like Turn. Jason Aldine. No not remember,
3: but
2: you roll the country, country. Okay, if Jason Aldine is the king of Voltaire now. <laughs> but um, no, it's not Jason Aldine. Um, but he could be if he wants to play.
1: Him. No, he's not. If you want to come played. in and play the character? Yeah, Jason, we know you're listening. <laughs> yeah, just got, come I on down. If we get Jason Aldine to come on the fucking. <laughs> Shut up. Anyways, what are you guys doing? Uh, King I'm... Aldine looks at you and says, "So you want go... to <laughs> go? You want to go? Want to go to the forgery for what exactly?" I need a weapon.
0: I'm a master. I... Well, not a master, but I am a very good craftsman type person.
1: Cassius looks at you guys and says, "Listen, are we going? You guys are going to the Blue River College. Is that the plan?" Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I will conjure a portal. It'll take me about thirty minutes to an hour. Easy. Do as you please. Kill some time. Go ahead. you want to go to the forge, Aldine looks at uh, at Cassius um, and says, I can, yeah, give them access to the forge. I'm not sure exactly what they plan to get done in 30 minutes to an hour, but all right, that's fine. So Cassius starts preparing like a a ritual. He kind of like clears some space and just kind of starts, he pulls out one of his spell books and starts kind of like going through stuff. Um, And a guard escorts you guys out of the castle, takes you to Souls, where Pate uh, was. Pate, you're very familiar with this already. Uh, you walk in, you see Jared and Ayana, uh kind of discussing things, and they look up and they say, oh, Pate, you're back with your friends? Yeah, they uh, were impressed
3: with uh, the what I received. Okay. And Jared, uh,
1: Jared the, the dwarf looks at you guys and goes, well, I, mean, I don't really have any more fucking god weapons to give you guys. Oh so. no, D- that's not worry. what we're looking for, friend. I, are you in
2: the process of making like any war hammers, just general war hammers right now, like
1: I don't think you can use a Warhammer. Oh, no,
0: I can. I have He's a dwarf.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, gross. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's disgusting.
1: I mean, I can just make you a regular Warhammer.
2: Okay. I'm going to go into my bag. Okay. And I pull out the mead bottle full of drugs.
1: Okay. <laughs> you pull out this mead bottle full of drugs and Jerry looks at you and goes, The fuck is that?
2: Okay, so I will sum up, because if I try to tell you the whole story, it would take far too long. So... I ate these drugs, and my hands turned red and blue, Yeah. fire and ice. Yeah. I also ate some other drugs and got horns, but that's beside the point. Oh, okay. I want to put
0: these drugs into a weapon.
1: You want to put drugs into a weapon.
0: They're magical. They're magic. And hey, I... you can liquefy them, by the way. Uh,
1: Iona
3: like, I... grabs them. I'm going to facepalm. I'm just like, what? Like, oh listen, he's
0: got I a god help. weapon.
1: Hey, I got you don't even forks. know he has drugs until now. You're just like, what? <laughs> You're like, you're like, oh, yeah. you just, Paige just heard all this for the first time. You're like, I got horns, blue, horns. Oh, hands, yeah, pa- and I have um, drugs. You like, did oh, drugs?
2: Uh, my dad did too, but. I he, did not. He, he ate it for fun. I did it for experiment. <laughs> Excuse <laughs> you! I, I mean, we can liquefy it. I, I, I can pay you. I just, I think this could be a great way for me to have something that's a little bit more powerful than what I have.
1: Ayana grabs the mead bottle off you and she looks at it and she kind of like shakes it up a little bit. And uh she kinda she does like the tech magic. She kinda like waves her hand over it does the tech magic. It says, This is definitely magical. I'm assuming this is that mad mage stuff that's been going around the city. Bingo. You yeah.
3: Guys came in contact with Mad
2: Mage. To be fair, I did. It wasn't his fault. I kinda took Remember when I went to the hotel and I just stayed at the inn and I was they kinda whined and died me a little bit and I I may have eaten some drugs because I didn't know how to do them. But it's magic?
1: This
2: is yes, magical. Yes, I told
0: you that it was magical.
2: Yeah, I can't trust you. You slipped in vomit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you! This is this is magical, yes. Do you
2: think there's enough properties in it to be put in like a weapon?
1: I can sure try. I would appreciate it. I, like I said, I could pay you. I have a lot of gold now.
2: Um, hey, that's another story. I'll tell I'm you not going to
1: worry about you giving us gold because I know you guys are going on this venture. We have Warhammers ready. Give me the vial. Let's see what we can do here.
2: I hand her the whole bottle. The whole
1: bottle.
0: I'm the one with the liquid.
1: Yeah, he has liquid. She looks at Okay, so she grabs... You're gonna have the liquid too?
0: I want to give the liquid to Cassius and let him know about... Cassius is not even
1: near you guys right now. No, no, when we I'm go back to the same. portal, okay. we'll go back. Okay, so she grabs the mead bottle off of you that has the uh, the powder of Mad Mage in it. She goes, Okay. Okay. So, she walks away. She goes in the back room where, like, the main forgery is. You see her kind of, like, open the door. Hey, you know where this is. It's the, the big one that, like, opens the magical room. She, uh, she closes it behind her. Uh, and Jared looks at you guys and says, All right, well, uh, anything else I can do for you guys? Um. Sounds, sounds to me like uh, you guys uh, are I- going to have a long fucking road ahead of you guys.
3: Yeah, hey. and it seems like it might be longer if they keep hiding stuff, like a whole bottle full of drugs.
2: I yelled for you. Did you not hear me? Tom I heard w- me. Did you hear me?
0: I... Yeah, was... your father
3: heard you, and then he decided to do drugs with you. I did not do
0: the drugs, technically. I was le- literally trying to figure out the properties and the origins of the drugs. So you And, ha- them. and
3: how did you do that?
0: I... Obviously used my magic analysis and... Roll
1: deception. <sighs> I clearly did. He try to. <laughs> What'd you get? 11. Roll insight.
3: Can I use... In- uh, yeah, I'll use insight. Uh, I got a 9. Okay, you fully believe, Tack. <laughs> yeah. So, you use your magic insight, and then what did you do?
0: I end up finding out that I can turn it into liquid uh, property to try and see if if it can be used because, as Nomo said, he ate the drug, so therefore his hands were able to turn into an ice attribute and a fire attribute, along with he gained horns. Well.
2: That's from purple stuff.
0: That was the mixture between the blue and red. And the blue and red caused the purple, which no, created... that's not what happened. No.
1: Oh, what? I, I had a whole separate. vial. It, you, the weren't there. you weren't crazy. there. It was crazy. Oh. The purple was given to him by Jeremiah to try. Uh, which,
2: yeah... yeah. I, I do know, like, I know that's not a really important thing for us right now, but when we get a chance to come back, I do know exactly what Jeremiah looks like. He saved my life.
1: Jared looks at you guys and goes, um, I think we'll just take care of the drug problem. I think this is a bigger situation at hand uh, with, uh, I don't know, a lich fucking god and, uh, an evil, uh, you know, death lord practically taking over the, the world. So
2: don't be charmed by that guy's mustache. It's green and it's glorious. Well,
1: if, what you says about him is true, we can probably keep an eye out for him try to take care of this. Okay. He looks at you, Tag, and says, uh... You. Yeah. Uh, what is there anything you need, I guess, since we're just making magical fucking items for everybody?
0: Um... I know that you won't let me somehow enhance my cannon, so... Um... Pipe either some sort of armor or even... Uh, if we could fuse something in my little mechanical servant.
1: He looks at it, and he goes, I don't think anything could be really done to that thing. Because it's in your palm, isn't it right now?
0: Yeah, so it's I don't. Moving.
1: Yeah, I don't imagine anything I could possibly really do with that.
0: I mean, it's made from magic, so therefore I just don't have enough magical properties to...
1: I'm not quite sure if Ayana has enough time on her hands to make a magic warhammer and make a magic spider more magical... Um, what do you have this? in mind like what do you
0: I was thinking of like possibly either like for the servant or just for my armor just or... a- anything like I whatever um, like, we
1: we're, we're kind of living on time as far as I remember you know Cassie said he was trying to get you guys a blue river
0: as fast as possible right so I had these gems but originally what was going to happen was I was going to sell them and I was going to buy pay a adamantite armor and then these gloves of crafting okay that go according to plan so if I could get something that can either enhance my armor better or any of my abilities better
1: uh, you know what you said you got a gun? yes you got one of the firearms hold on a minute he kinda like walks it? away what? You want see it? Well, I don't need to fucking see it, I don't really care. He walks away, uh, me. he goes back into the same room that Ayana went through. You guys are waiting there for like 5-10 minutes. Uh, Jared comes back out, Ayana is not there yet, and he, uh, he tosses you a pair of gloves. Uh, they got blue and yellow, like, lace around them. He goes, put those fuckers on and give your gun a shot. Okay. No, 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 are not right here, just, like, c- go right. outside, there's training dummies out there. Alright, gotcha. I'm gonna put my gloves and, <laughs> and he just shoots in the building. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, I got that with the gloves on and then I go and be mad, dummy. And
1: okay, these gloves give you a plus two to your dex when making range attacks. So basically, a plus two to your range attack to hit, not
0: for the damage, you fucker
3: here he has enough for uh,
0: so yeah. I all right so I don't that's why I lost an ear. get points into my decks just to hit yeah it's
1: just yeah it's just when you you fire your gun that gives you a plus two to hit uh we're gonna say you automatically just hit the dummy or whatever you know so you blast it and oh, you we'll just you just down. feel like it took less effort to really aim you were able to just kind of like almost like hit fire just kind of like pull up pow, bang real quick and he goes call oh, those the trigger finger gloves
0: trigger finger gloves gotcha well, Cat changes the trigger happy.
1: I don't give a fuck what you call him. I just call him the trigger finger. We don't have too many, uh, you know, gun wielders here. We do got a lot of bow wielders here. A lot of our uh, our archers use these kind of gloves when they're, uh, you know, practicing archery and stuff. Figure this might come in hand for you. Kind of makes your hands a little more stable. Takes a little edge off, and you know, makes you able to aim a little better. Might help craft, you out.
0: I like the craftsmanship of them.
1: All right, cool, cool, cool. Craft off. <laughs> Crapped off. <laughs> no, he walks you back inside. As you guys walk back inside, uh, it's probably like thirty forty minutes have almost gone by because you know just between all that, Ayana walks out and she has in her hand a warhammer. Just a basic warhammer, um, but as she's walking forward with it, uh, one side of it, like the hammer part itself, is kind of like emanating like a very very like light red aura. The other side is emanating a very very light blue aura, and she hands it to you and she says. All right, so the best I could really do is I infused some of the magic into it, and I'm trying to figure out how to explain this in a in-person perspective. Anyways, she hands it over to you, and she says, so when you swing this, it seems like the magical properties did take place. Uh, it, it, it did conjure to it appropriately. Uh, there was a bunch left over, though. Um, it didn't take to all of it, it only took to a little bit of it, so she hands you the mead again and there's probably like half of it is still in there because there wasn't much to begin with
2: yeah i put it back in my bag
1: yeah so she's like you can do whatever you want with this i'm not going to question it she gives it to you so she grabs a hammer gives it to you she goes go outside let's see what this can do i'm not exactly sure what is going to happen so going outside
2: yeah, absolutely
1: okay you go outside to a training dummy do you swing down to the training dummy yes okay you swing at the training dummy when you hit it as soon as it hits you notice that flames and like ice shards like just ignite on contact at the same time todoroki is that you what my hair academia i've never seen it anyways when you hit this train i mean flames and ice kind of sparkles out of the side of it really quick and she goes well that's not amazing i don't know what is so basically what this does is um it does an extra d4 of just like your hands did it does an extra d4 of fire damage and an extra d4 of cold damage so two extra d4 whenever you swing with it it's just one of the d4 is fire one is ice so depends you know if you're fighting like creatures with resistance to certain stuff or non-resistant you know that are weakened by it then
0: that'll matter it's a hero who was who was born from uh two parents one was able to use a quirk that used that dealt with flames and another one was dealt with like ice if he together. he's half fire, half ice boy.
2: Okay. Is there, uh... Just fucking any weed. Magic damage and ma- yeah. bonus, uh, bonus in general? Or is it just the 1d4? 1D4? The magic
1: damage is the 2d4. So okay, I was just making
2: sure I didn't have to... Yeah,
1: and it. I think a Warhammer is a d12? Two-handed, I'm pretty sure. D12, right? A Warhammer... Is it uh, 10
3: or d12? Warhammers technically are actually, like, d8s. They
1: are d8. A d8? Okay, so it's d d8. Yours is d d12 because it's a fucking hammer. Yeah. But yeah, so a d8... Um, and it does the 2
3: extra d 4 Yeah, I'm aware. He's dope. He's alright.
0: Fucking weeb. Yeah. Okay. I'm not the one (laughs) showing
3: off my fucking collection, though. So, (laughs) it it it.
0: wasn't mine.
1: Uh, Iyana, looks at you and says, Now, I'm gonna warn you, be careful with the rest of that powder I gave you. Very potent, very dangerous. I almost burnt my hands working with it and, and, you know, infusing the magic into this hammer. Probably the best I can do in a short amount of time.
2: I do appreciate it. I definitely will not let this get into the wrong hands. Just mine.
0: She kind of like eyeballs you up. Now she goes. Oh right. Every time he swings it, everyone smells pot and they get high. <laughs> well, the mad mage. No, there they wasn't enough.
1: There wasn't enough green substance to really I give it like, any kind yeah, of yeah, ice Plus, it would have just burned up. Okay, so you guys, so you have your new hammer that has ice and fire damage. Hey, Dad. Uh, you can call it the Trojan, fire and ice. <laughs> I was
2: going to call it Icy Hot.
1: Oh, Icy Hot works <laughs> too, yeah, he's called Icy Hot. Uh, Damn, TAC now has the trigger happy slash trigger finger gloves, and, uh, Pate has a god hammer.
2: I, I have a lot of stuff I, it's hard for me to carry. Um, do you guys want one of these forks? Because I have no use for them, I have, I'm not hungry. Want one?
1: Uh, you pull the forks out and Iona looks at them and goes, um,
3: wait, who are you giving them to? One to you
1: and one to you. She looks at the she looks at the, the daggers right. and goes um. She like grabs them from you real quick and like looks at them. She goes, "Yeah, these these will cause some serious harm."
2: Yeah, probably. Well, what kind of harm?
1: Like, just like stab me. No, she walks up to another training dummy and she like cuts it real quick and like the cut on the training it's just like a wool training dummy, but when she cuts it like looks like my green ooze kind of like falls through with the cut. She goes, these are poisonous daggers. She's like, the charge on them isn't very, uh, long-lasting. But, uh, if you use them for, like, an initial weapon, like a throwing weapon, then they might, you know, be pretty decent.
2: Excuse me. You said poison?
1: Yes. I almost ate with these! You almost did. (sighs) I could kill myself. She looks at you, too. She looks at Pate and, uh, and Tag and says, you should probably keep anything that's slightly dangerous off of his hands.
0: That's probably your call, guys. Do you want to just put them in it the says, bag of 14, or do you want to hold one so says the person
3: that just took his request for a flaming warhammer?
0: Yeah. She's like, regretting we're, it now. We, she's like, we
1: are all she's <laughs> just not like, without uh, sin. <laughs> oh, no. Um... So yeah, basically, I already talked to the daggers do a while ago. This, this is yeah, D12? Uh, yeah, Was it D12 d- a poison damage? I said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's
2: uh, yeah, one, one D4, then the uh, one D12 plus. Two. Yeah, so sure,
1: with I'll, these though, the charge, it's only twice. That's it, and because it's not like infused like permanently, it's like stone infused. Like there's there's a green stone, in it basically that's like a magic stone infused. It takes charges. So the way charges
0: work, yes, but can she take them and make them permanent? No.
2: I don't have the time how Jeez. greedy
0: can we be yeah no. I, I know but i'm saying like she can keep a hold of them until we come back
2: now
3: i'm just gonna use mine and throw them and then get rid of it like i do most of my weapons all right sounds they're... good i'll
0: join you on that so okay
1: they're so he's good. got he's got two charges that's it it'll yeah, work so twice they're good
2: for up to 60 feet yeah because i
3: already have a dagger so yeah so that's
1: why like i was counting on like when that combat happened a while ago i thought he was gonna like, at least hit you guys like once or twice with them and the charges would be done like that's it like that was a miss, he missed he threw them both on the fucking ground yeah, i'm like two, well fuck you got back so. to back
2: nat ones and then i happen to be able to hit a, a high enough number to do a, a invisible swipe through
1: so it's one d4 which plus is the dagger damage one and then a d12 of poison damage and there's cool. two charges on each dagger all
3: right so then after that they're gonzo just regular ass yeah unless staggers. you want to
1: take them back to like a mage or somebody and get them recharged but yeah that be good yeah that was the entire game plan i'm like all right cool Two charges on each one. That's it. It'll fuck somebody up a little bit. That's it. Then they're done. They're just regular daggers. Yeah, no, threw them both I'm, on the I'm going to
3: just wrap the one out, I got man. in, like, cloth okay. and stick it
1: somewhere. Sounds Gucci. So, you guys are going to head back to the castle now because it's almost been about an hour.
3: Yeah. Yeah. That's, let's get down. All in. right.
1: Uh, Jared and Ayana kind of, like, bid you goodbye. Good luck on your adventure. I uh, hope to see you guys again, you know soon with success and Jared says yeah go fuck up uh, whoever's about to take over our country cause I... oh, we will alright so you guys I, had...
3: I apologize for
1: <laughs> um it's fine happened. Iona looks at you and goes it's fine honestly if anybody's gonna wield this you know the, the hammer soul it's the hammer souls it should probably be you um, not one of them it's uh Iona is she an
0: elf yeah she's a full All elf
3: right. yeah well you know I'll give my goodbyes an
1: Elvish.
0: I'm surprised the dwarf likes an elf. An likes the dwarf. Oh, Alteran's
1: like a full like... It's multiple. diverse. It's diverse. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's the current diverse. era. It's the yeah.
0: mixing pot. This, this is
1: year 19. <laughs> Yeah. It's anyway. the
3: current era. Come on, guys.
1: Okay, so you guys head back to the castle. You guys make your way around back up front. The guards let you in. Uh, at this point, the city is pretty well like dispersed out by now. It's like midday at this point. Uh, everybody is kind of like the shops are opening back up. Uh, there's not a crowd in front of the castle anymore. They, they know the new king is. Um, and everybody's pretty much going about their normal lives. It is a little drastic, and they are getting ready to plan a funeral, like a proper funeral for King Rockdale. Um... But that's about all you know right now. So you guys go inside the castle and Cassius looks to you and he says, Ah, just in time. You guys uh, you guys ready to do this. Unfortunately you won't uh, you probably won't be here for Rockdale's funeral, but I feel like that's the least of
0: anybody's worries right now for at least right. you three. Um, I also wanna pull out the vial. Look at Cassius and then look at Aldine. Like this was once like the drug substance. The Mad Mage. Yes, the Mad Ma- Mage. Um, I was able to liquefy it. Uh,
1: Cassie picks it up from you, and he kind of, like, shakes around a little bit and goes, Um, yeah, you definitely liquefied it. Probably can't do too much with it. Uh, if you light it on fire, it could make a pretty fucking good bomb, though.
0: Say no more, brother.
1: Yeah, it's It looks like you burned it a little too much to really make it any kind of spell component, but definitely caused
0: an explosion. Alright, so I'm gonna make this a range, uh... Oh, I'll change the name of it later. I would just be very careful with it. Alright, gotcha. Uh... Now, you say... What is...? Like, so I just yeet it and then...
1: Yeah, I'd pref- uh, say you just yeet it and it should explode on impact if you throw it
0: hard enough. Alright, how far can I throw this?
1: Probably like 100 feet, honestly.
0: All right, up to 100 feet sounds good. Um, I the can't damage wait he
2: throws and misses it.
1: <laughs> yep, it's
3: so that's a, it's a another one, force on fire. one
0: time use thing.
1: <laughs> so, huh? it's just a one time use thing. So, once you throw it's like a Molotov fucking cocktail. Just yeah,
0: but the damage on it, you're not gonna know until you use it.
3: Yeah, so you better prepare for those 1d1s. <laughs> uh,
0: oh, trust um, me. If I miss, I'll be 21d1.
1: Is the king still there? Oh he's there with uh Cassius, he's conjuring the portal. I
2: have a, I have a question for you. Uh yes. When we helped the Bollywogs, they gave us like a token so other Bollywogs would know like that we're not bad people. Okay. If we see you know, guards out and uh, other you know military personnel, is there something that we could show them that like
1: You know, that is absolutely a good idea. Um Hold on one sec. He goes to like his uh back to his uh, you know, his like throne area and there's like a, a table kinda like by. He opens a drawer up and he closes it, he pulls something out of it, he walks over to all three of you guys. And it's basically just like, like the emblem like a soldier or like a patch they would wear like on their um their, their armor, but it's like the highest honor patch. Okay. And he says, Hold on to these. Soldiers, if they if you mm-hmm. show them to these, they will listen to you. This is the highest rank we can give. I'm not gonna say that, uh, that's what I'm looking for. Some may be a little jealous of this because this is one of the highest ranks, but I would mm-hmm. honestly, in a way, consider yourselves part of this whole world of army at this point. In an indirect way.
2: Pete, when you get up, I keep dragging you back in.
3: <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I still have my officer's emblem. I just didn't have the armband. Yeah, that's all so. it was. Yeah.
1: But this is like a higher rank. Like, this is like the highest. This is like, like your father's level. Shit. Yeah. Because he was, he was the king's right-hand man. Now, this is, like, the highest you can get. Do you guys like can you show these to any of the guards, they'll have to listen to you. Alright.
2: I just didn't want to have... You know, lose what's left of my other ear. You know what I'm saying? It's been a rough one.
1: Yeah. Okay, so... Is that portal ready? Yep. Cassius <laughs> looks at you guys and says, Are you guys ready? This portal... I'm gonna stay here with the kingdom. Make sure everything is safe here. Because if... Koss were to attack the king or the kingdom itself. If this were to fall, then some shit can go down. It may not be well. Uh, If he shows up here, I feel like maybe I could help with
0: whatever it is we can do. So, you guys ready? Should we get... Do... Well... Should we have something from like... um, You, Cassius, know, so whenever we get to Blue River College, they know that we're from... They already
3: sent a letter, didn't they? They did on, like, a carrier
1: pigeon, um, just to warn of what was going on. But he looks at you, and he says, I've already got that taken care of. Um, He pulls out a scroll, like a parchment rolled up, hands it to you, he says, When you get there, I'm going to conjure you right into the main hall of the college. When you get there, give this to Abel. Have him read it. And he will take you through the next steps.
0: Well, it's good to know that he's able to read. Cassie <laughs> punches you.
3: God,
1: He misses. <laughs> oh.
2: He just gives you one of these.
3: Yeah. He just
1: kind of like slaps you. No Shut no. up. Okay. All right. Here we go. He opens the portal up. You guys ready? Walk through. Okay. Yeah. You guys walk through. As soon as you walk through. Light emerges <laughs> blinding almost for a second, and you just keep walking and as you open your eyes, you see oh shit, you see in front of you just a grand college hallway, books everywhere, like almost there's pedestals like going like down the hall with floating books on each of them. They're literally floating, they're open. You got people like standing at them, kind of like flipping through them, like not even touching the pages, just kind of like waving through them. There's floating lights everywhere. Like this place is magical as hell. Like there's not like candles that are lit. They're just like floating orbs of light everywhere. The entire place is decked out in just like blue and silver like design, uh, patchwork design and everything else. So it looks like it's got like a similar style to the uh, Grove Kingdom. But it or Soulgrove City, but it's more uh, the color base is a little different. This looks almost like similar to the the Castle Grand Hall, but it's a lot wider. It's a lot bigger. There's a lot of different entrances and exits that go to like different parts of the college because this is almost like a big college, like medieval campus. But it's magical as fuck. So you guys look down and you see at the very end. There's a small staircase that kind of goes up to the next level and it splits off in two different directions. And there's a door uh, right in the center. Splits up, goes up and around. And it's basically like a three-story building. So there's a front staircase that goes up, two stairs to the side. They go up to the back. To the back of them is another staircase that goes up and just kind of keeps going up for a couple stories that you can tell. Uh, there are a bunch of people kind of, uh, you know, just uh, walking around. They see this portal open up. They see you guys walk through. Um, and a couple uh, just, you know, humans in some robes, uh, like, you know, blue uh, blue college or blue for college robes walk up to you. And they say, who are you three and... How, who conjured this portal, and where are you from, and wh- who? We
3: are coming from Soul Grove. We were sent here by both. Uh, Aldine. King Aldine and uh, Cassius, right?
1: Yeah, Cassius. Yes. Farlight. Cassius. Farlight. King Aldine and Cassius.
3: Uh, and we are here to look for the some kind of scroll.
1: Kind of look at
0: scroll. We have plenty of scrolls here, and um. Uh, I have a parchment from Cassius himself.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, he uh, he kind of, like, looks at it, and there's a little tag that hangs off the side of it that says, like, like to Abel. And he goes, oh, from Cassius, and this is Tate. Right, right, come with us. So the three men that are in the, the ropes, they kind of, like, direct you. They walk you down the hallway more, um, and the longer, the more you walk, like, this is a long fucking hallway. This place is humongous. Like, it's really, like... You know, you didn't think it was this long. It almost, like, it extends, like, as you guys keep walking. But eventually you get to the staircase. You go up, and there's the front door there. He, like, has a knock thing on it. He knocks on it three times. The door opens up, and you see a long brown-haired man open up the door. He's got a slight scar going down the side of his face. Bright blue eyes. Leather blue armor. Um, but he also has a staff, like, mounted on his back. And he opens the door and looks at uh, the three three men. and goes, uh, can I help you guys? And uh, the three men say, "Uh, this is a note from uh, Cassius," and uh, he he turns, kind of like looks over the guy's shoulders and sees you guys. And says, "Cassius sent uh, this scroll with these men. Uh, yeah, goes, All right, very well. Invite you guys in." You guys walk in, and this is Abel's chambers. Uh, You walk in. There's a magical lit fireplace behind his grand chair. There's a working desk and a bunch of books against the walls. There's also a couple, you know, just like you guys saw in the hallway, some floating books and magic orb lights, like, kind of floating around. Uh, He's got some paper spread on his desk, almost as if he was, like, working on stuff. Um, And he goes and he sits down in his chair, and he kind of, like, waves his hand, and three chairs just kind of, (sighs) like, conjure out of nowhere in front of the desk. He says, take a seat. Thank you. Thank you. Sit My down. name is Tack McNuckles. Pleasure to meet you. He kind of just, like, nods at you and says, I'm able, and, uh, so let's see exactly why you're here. Opens the scroll up, or the the parchment up that he was reading. Uh, he's going through it, and he looks at you guys. He looks down at the scroll, and he says, Is all this true? Yes.
3: Whew. <sighs>
1: Uh, He looks at the bottom of it, and he fully believes you guys, because at the very bottom, Cassius signed his name, but you guys can kind of see as he opens it up, the bottom of the scroll is kind of, like, glowing a little bit, and his name kind of, like, emanates. And that is basically, like, a magic signature of Cassius that, like, only, like, really him could do, so he knows this is truly written by Cassius. He looks at you guys and says, So Cassius wants you to get the scroll of Rakistan to destroy the soul of Kos... And then possibly the scroll, the scroll of Vecna. And according to this, who, ta- who which one's attack again? Me. You have sir. been dead before and brought back to life. Yeah. So you could wield the scroll and use it appropriately without dying. Yep. That is correct. Uh...
3: Did they explain that to me?
1: Yeah. Okay. When you came in, like um. After that all happened, they pretty much okay. sat down and explained Go it on. to you. That'd be
0: really fucking fight you That'd did be it, like, no. yeah. And you're, you're like, like hold kind on, of like, I found oh, oh, out that fuck.
1: this guy's a druggie and you're dead?
0: <laughs> you're undead?
1: Jesus, I must be on drugs here. So he looks at you guys and says, Well, we haven't seen, nobody's seen, used, touched, heard of the scroll, and, you know, since Rakistan was, you know, alive and roaming the plains. But I suppose... There is a way to get a hold of it, but it requires some. uh... That's what I'm looking for. What are you doing? I hate you. I got. But it. it might require some danger, I should say. That's my middle name.
0: Trust me, we've dealt with costs. You've dealt with costs, but.
1: This is a little different than your average, I'm not even going to say fight, uh, encounter or task or trial, I should say. You see, Rakistan, he used to be a very, mm, quite blatantly, evil necromancer that, you know, terrorized some villages and cities. Uh, We were able to stop him before things got too out of hand, you know, I wouldn't say we did, you know, my ancestors did. You know, the people that ran the college before me did, they were able to stop him when they you know, before he he got too out of hand, uh, he was very obsessed with death and, you know, not just killing, but he also wanted to just fully eliminate the souls of people where their souls could not passage onto the afterlife. He was fully obsessed with this, so he had a scroll, which he used to... He would kill people, and then he would use the scroll itself to fully eliminate their souls from existence, and this was not something we, we wanted on this realm. Now, unfortunately, you know, we did kill him but his soul was still intact we were ne- we were not eh, we were not able to use the scroll we were not able to use his scroll ourselves to destroy his soul for nobody had been dead and then resurrected you know most people when they die they have a very uh what's the word i'm looking for negative outlook on necromancy and being brought back to life With there is a revivify spell of sorts but nobody willingly was going to Die to be brought back to life. So, we were able to trap his soul in just a magic container. And, yes, you could question.
0: I was going to say, well, it seems like I'm the only one that can do it. I mean, I can use a spell against himself. Rakistan, bye bye. Well,
1: Rakistan isn't necessarily the problem. His, we have him contained. We have for thousands of years, he hasn't never been released, never had a problem, he no problems there. Right.
0: Yeah. So therefore I can since I'm the only one that's able to use it, I feel like it's either a do or die type of situation. So here's here's the situation. When we
1: killed Rokistan or when my ancestors killed Rokistan, they entrapped his soul. When he died, and we entrapped his soul, the scroll went with him. The scroll is almost attuned to his soul, and his soul wasn't just trapped, his soul was almost in another plane of existence, trapped there forever. The way to possibly get the scroll is to go to his realm of existence and get it from him himself.
3: So it seems like this scroll is kind of a one-time thing. Like it stays on one person and
1: it seems like it does a tune to whoever the user
0: is, indeed. I'm just saying I'm quite efficient with magic and attunements. I feel as if if we don't do this this would be a waste of time and effort.
3: No, getting it is important. Right. But who we use it on is a tougher question.
1: Well, we... it can be, we've witnessed it be used more than once. It's not the fact of how many times no, it can I, be used.
3: No, that's not, I'm asking, that's not what I'm getting at. It's, we could either use it on cause and save Winfell or, let's say the worst outcome happens which is Vecna returns we could use this on Vecna. But we can only use it on one of them. So either way, one of them. No,
1: it can be used more than once.
3: No, I'm saying, but it's stuck on them. So if we use it on Koss, Koss is gone. But if we want to use the scroll again, we have to get it off Koss. No, the scroll
0: is attuned. It's attuned
1: to it's attuned to the user. The user was Rakistan. He used it multiple times. The scroll itself was attuned to him. He okay. used it himself to destroy the souls of others.
3: Okay, okay. So, if so I were to but because to he it. had
1: it for so long and used it, it was attuned to him. So when he died and we trapped his soul, the scroll dispersed with his soul because he was so attuned to it.
3: Okay, so yes. then we have to get the scroll off of him and then reattune it to him.
1: Yeah, uh, t- I believe... I believe using it in general would probably just attune it to somebody, honestly. Uh, I feel like if we, we got it off of Rakistan somehow and took it to the plane, you know, the mortal plane, it may break the attunement off of him because he hasn't used it in thousands and thousands of years, so therefore it has had no use. The attunement is probably not as strong. If we can get it off of him, then that can be done. Now, that being said, there might be only one way to get to his plane of existence.
0: Which is... Well,
1: come Guy. with me. No, death is not the answer. Uh,
0: going into that mason jar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like we need to poo. Come with me.
1: He leads you guys out of the college. He takes you to one of the top floors of the Blue River College. He leads you up top. It's like, uh, and as you guys keep going up and up and up these staircases, you notice you look down, and it looks like it's almost like endless. Like the up is endless, the down is endless. Like it doesn't stop, which is like you know it's just magical as hell. Eventually you get to a certain floor, he walks to the door, he opens it up, you guys walk inside. And it's an oval room. And the only thing in this room is a small, you know, it looks like an urn almost. It's sitting on a pedestal, and around the pedestal, maybe like in like a 40-foot radius, is a glowing blue circle. And he says, the soul of Rakistan is in there. You guys may have to enter that his soul. Yes. It's not so much that the soul is trapped in the jar, as that his realm is also in the jar. The jar is a realm, his soul is in it, he's entrapped
0: there and he has been ever since then. Right, uh... Is there a way for us to get out safely? Well,
1: I'm unsure.
3: Would simply defeating
1: him? Well, if you defeat him, if he has created his own personal realm and hell of his, I assume defeating him would probably destroy the realm, which would just cause you guys to be released.
0: Best of my knowledge. Alright, let's jump right into it. Simple enough.
2: How are we going to fit in a jar? (laughs) <laughs>
0: just blue clues it. Uh,
1: now I'm a canter Just <laughs> simply step in the circle. I
0: love you touch
1: though. the jar. I'll take care of the rest.
2: Okay, I hope you're able to do it.
1: I'm uh He punches you, like not hard, just kind of like
0: just jabs you real quick. Uh, I'm to Put my like gun up to like my shoulder, like I'm prepared for war, and place my one hand on. Cause you you don't know. Where we're coming from or okay. where we're being placed.
1: So you guys all put your hand on this jar? Yep. Okay, yeah, I'm, hands I'm on jar. As soon as you put the hands on the jar, Abel stands back and says, I'll see you guys on the side. I'm not sure how long you will be gone. Time in this realm could be different. could be longer. It could be shorter. We don't know exactly. Don't know what it's like. Nobody's been there. We just know it's his own personal personal hell. <laughs> <laughs> you guys grab this jar light starts to emerge. He puts his hands up. There's a blue wall that kind of shoots up from the circle around you guys. And everything starts spinning around and around and around. And all of a sudden, you guys are just... Ah! ...sucked into this jar. Oh, you guys are falling for like a minute, almost in like dark space and emptiness. Ah! Ah! And then you hit the ground. Not hard. You just kind of like... Like, a like small, cushioned it? A small, yeah, like oh. a small thud. Everything's black at first, and then you you know, awaken and you see you guys are on a very narrow stone pathway and you look around behind you there is the pathway ends it's a deep cliff that falls into lava there's lava on all sides of you and there's only one direction you can go you look down the stone pathway it looks like you're literally in hell right now there's lava and fire everywhere one way you can go stone pathway that leads to a door just a door there's no wall behind it no nothing just a steel door you look at the door, you look at the lava, and the immense heat that's around you guys, and you hear, I see you've entered my realm. What is it that you be looking for?
3: Who are we speaking to?
1: Who else do you think you who else do you think you're speaking to? I'm the only person that's been here for some time. Well Rakistan. None other than Rakistan. We're after <clears throat> we're here for your scroll. Ah, oh, you the scroll. You want the scroll? You know what? Here's the deal. I've been stuck here for a very long fucking time. I want the fuck out of here. But also at the same time, I'm sick of being alive at this point. Honestly, actually, I'm not even alive. My soul is just trapped in my own personal hell. I'm like, yes, a deal. You pass my trials, you can get to me. When you get to me, fight me. You can beat me, you get the scroll. If I be you, you're trapped here forever, and I take your place, and I take my place back on Alteran.
3: Seems like a good time as any to test out this new stuff.
0: Right.
1: Not these two,
2: but you can take my spot. They have a lot more on the outside than I do.
0: (gasps) No. Excuse you.
2: That's one for one. Not all three
1: of us. I'll stay alone. Uh, You guys can just stay here forever with me, and I can talk to you all fucking day. The deal is, all three of you, Or none of you. I'm already fucking trapped here. You can agree or not agree.
0: All right, Kakistan. I mean, we're we're technically stuck here, too. So we have no choice to just go with it. Okay. You guys... We'll play your games.
1: All right, that sounds good. There are three trials. You pass all three trials. Then you can then come to me and face me. That's really bad in
2: school, guys. Do you accept the trials?
0: Paid? Yeah. I, I already have my answer, so...
2: Yeah,
3: like I said, it's...
0: <laughs> well, I kind of figured you just have the trials because there's no way of getting out of here unless
3: I'm fucking dead.
0: Exactly.
1: So, your first trial awaits at the door. And that's where we're going to end this week's episode.
2: Uh, I don't have to kiss anybody, do I? <laughs> first trial, kiss this
1: person. You, you have yeah. to kiss my
2: spider!
3: <laughs> and I go, ah!
1: Thank you so much, guys, for listening to this episode of We Can't Trip a D&D Podcast. My name is Brandon Tharp, and I am your Dungeon Master. You can follow us on Instagram at We Can't Trip Podcast, on Twitter at We Can't Trip Pod, on Facebook at We Can't Trip d d Podcast. You can find me on my social media at The Tharpening and Xbox at The Tharp. We're playing live at Clubhouse Brewery, April 28th, 2019, 5 p.m. Cameron, go.
0: Um, yeah, thank you for joining. while uh, tuning in xbox slops mcflops space in between or if you have pc you know leave me your steam name in our weekend trip uh instagram page and i could add you on there and we could play some games together fucking dope greg go uh
2: all the regular stuff you just listen back to a couple other episodes if you're just joining now and you'll know everything about me ian
3: uh yeah dickish uh simtaz s-i-m-p-t-a-z uh instagram twitter uh, playstation go for
1: it that's it all right thank you guys for listening so much we are gonna get to recording some more episodes for you guys because we've had a long day and we don't plan on stopping anytime soon i'm done Fuck. I'm done I'm done done. bye I'm Dungeon Master Brandon Tharp we will see you guys next time on We Can't Trip a D&D podcast peace
3: we're not stopping anytime soon except for now I'm done